service your existing car with us right now and it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! It's Wednesday, that means this season of non-stop crunch games continue but it's a gear change. It's Scotland now facing the Ukraine in two and a half hours time at Hamden. Of course, it's the Nations League. Stevie Clark, the boss, says we need at least four points between tonight and Saturday evening when the Republic of Ireland come to Hamden. Well, the two former Scotland stars are with us, the former Celtic star Peter Grant and the former Rangers and Scotland skipper Barry Ferguson. Barry, is it that big tonight? We really need a win or at least a draw. Yeah, well, let's be honest, it's going to be difficult. We've seen Ukraine play in June and, and they were a top-quality side with top-quality players. It's going to be a tough one, but listen, we're, we're at home. I'm, I'm sure it'll be almost a, a full house, if not a full house. And I'm sure the fans will get behind the team. But it is going to be a tough one. But listen, we've, we've, um, we've shown in the past that we can spring big results and hopefully they can get that tonight Peter we've got some terrific players as well Ukraine also I don't think we underestimated the last time but they've got great ability as well as that desire to win Absolutely we've got very good players and they're all playing games I think that's important yeah. I think before when you used to pick international teams a lot of the boys hadn't had game time I think that's a big plus nowadays so I'm expecting a very tight game but it's one that Scotland are capable of winning there's no doubt of that you know, they'll need the backing of the support because let's not be kidding, we know how good Ukraine are and they've got some fantastic individuals, you know. But here in Go Radio, in the heart of Glasgow, at the end of the day, it all comes back to the big two. Peter, what happened on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd forgot about that, Paul. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Listen, as I said, I think it's important, you know, you've got to realise the run Celtic have been on for so long. They went below, they dipped below uh, their performances and listen, you've got to give St Mern credit because they've been on a fantastic run as well themselves, you know. And I've seen them at the start of the season and I didn't see that, I must admit. So Stevie's done a fantastic job there. They've worked really, really hard at it. I think it's four out of five they've won or something yeah. like that. So great credit to them. But Celtic were below form and the manager knew that. But listen, I've no qualms with them changing the players, that's for sure, because I think that's going to happen in football, that you have to do that. You have to keep boys fresh. There's a hell of a lot of games coming up. You know, and you can't go six or seven weeks without a player playing a game and then expect them to come in and perform. And I think that's what the manager tried to do at the weekend. Some of our callers yesterday and on the socials at Go Football Show are 0808 17 17 700. Barry, they were saying, why did he change uh, so many of the players when people like Jota are not on international duty, play him for at least 45, 60 minutes and then take him off? Yeah, it was a surprise in terms of Jota because he is the outstanding player at this moment in time at Celtic. But I mean, I was sitting down... Um, an hour before the game started and when the teams come out and, and you look at the Celtic yeah. team I mean, I mean Ralston coming in everybody was singing his, singing his praises last year and rightly so um, Moy coming in who's a, a fantastic footballer David Turnbull and then you look at the, the Callum McGregor was still in the team captain of, of Celtic and the main player for me and then you look at the front three Celtic were still really strong um, they just had an off day but listen you've got to give St Mern credit uh, they never gave them an inch um, they made it really difficult on the day for them 
and they deserved it. But listen, Granny, I'll tell you, it happens in football. You, you have an off day. It's always how you you respond. And I, I'm sure the next um, league game for Celtic, they will respond. But all credit to Samarna. I, I thought they were fantastic on the day and deserved the three points. That's why the bookies don't always get it right, do they? And it's the same in our score predictor, Peter. There's always one, and, and nobody thought that was going to happen in Paisley. No, and I think the way Celtic have been going about their business, I told you I was at the Aberdeen Hearts game, yeah. and I thought that both of the games Celtic were below form, still won them. You know, against Dun United, they were excellent. Against the Real Madrid, the first period, up and then they missed a the chance at the start of saying, excellent energy, great energy. And that was the one thing that dropped a little bit at the weekend was their energy. And the manager, if you looked at his team, he picked a team that was probably going to be full of energy, he thought, in that particular game. And that's what you need. When you've come back, Barry will tell you a lot more than me, when you come back for European games and you've done all the travelling, the most important thing is to start the game with a tempo. And I just felt Celtic couldn't get that going. You couldn't get it going quickly. And you see them at home. It'd probably been better for a home game for them because they like the quick throws to keep the speed of the game up. And they never had that opportunity. Even the St Mirren ball boys are a wee bit slow, the ball going back. All of these things, which I'd have done if I was playing against them as well. Try and slow the game as much as you possibly can. And that worked in St Mirren's favour. And as Barry says, thoroughly deserved it on the end. But you, you look at that front six in terms of midfield three and the, the forward yeah. three. There's a hell of a lot of quality. Yeah still in that yep. so uh, again you've got to give St Martin credit I, I thought their game plan was was spot on and that's why they've been on a decent run of late St Martin Your old team Barry Rangers went into it with um, you know they were expected to win and they did win it was getting the result probably was the most important thing Yeah after three uh, tough results two bad performances obviously against Celtic and Ajax I thought in the Napoli game for 60 minutes until Sands get sent off I thought they competed really well um, they came out the traps really quickly. Um, they dominated the early stages, but as the game went on into the second half, there was a bit of nervy atmosphere around about the place. But listen, the main thing is you get the three points. They were, they were just desperate to get that one and, and they got it in the end. Nine goals. Antonio Cholak. Been a good signing. Yeah, he's one of the ones that, obviously the the recruitment's come under the spotlight mm. over the last couple of weeks. Um, the, the seven signings, and he's certainly won um, that, that's put the ball in the back of it. Another double for him at the, the weekend, and he looked decent. Um, and he knows now Morelos back fit after playing the Napoli game. He's going to be breathing down his his neck to try and get into that starting eleven. But Sholak certainly looked the part on Saturday. Peter, what are you thinking for Rangers to get that win at home was really important for them. And then uh, the rivals, the champions, losing the next day. It just shows you what I said earlier, um, a few months back, once the European games kicked in when somebody's playing before each other, there's always an extra pressure. The Rangers would never expected Celtic to lose on the Sunday, you know, but it was important Rangers got the victory and that was probably the biggest thing for Gio after the few weeks. And it, there are certain games, and Barry will tell you, being a manager before, there are certain games you don't care how you play. There are certain games you have to just win and I felt that was very much one for Rangers that they had to win because then... Celtic, there's maybe, okay, they, there's not an expectation to lose, but you understand what I'm saying in it. But when you're playing Dun United at home, after the disappointing results and the amount of goals you'd conceded and the performance hadn't been the greatest, then there's a, a completely different pressure starts to ramp up if it's against a Dun United who'd lost nine goals a couple of weeks prior and whatever. Yeah, so true. there's a completely yeah. different... So it was a massive result for Rangers and all of a sudden all changes, all the Rangers yeah. fans, all my pals are all chirping now because obviously on the Sunday <laughs> Celtic yeah. end up losing the game and that's the way it is when you play with either or support Celtic or yeah. Rangers. Could have been eight points between them. It could have been, Barry. Yeah, it's two I, points. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. thought Celtic would have would have took three or four off off St Mern. Um but Granny's right, see two or three weeks. Nobody'll look at that performance by Rangers against Dun United. What they'll look at is did they get three points? 
and when you're going through a sticky patch sometimes it, it, it takes one of their results when you're not at your best but the main thing is at quarter to five on Saturday Rangers come off the pitch with three points which was needed and now there's only two points behind a couple of weeks ago a couple of weeks ago everybody was saying Celtic's title they're going to run away with it but there is going to be these surprise results throughout the season you know what it's like in Glasgow yeah. Paul so Rangers fans yeah. after the game a bit disappointed with the performance yeah. whatever. but Celtic lose Everybody goes to work on Monday. You can imagine what they're like Monday. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's the way it is here. And that's the expectation yep. all the time. And that's what I'm saying. Every time you win playing for a Celtic or Rangers, you've got to go and perform the next game, the next game, the next game. There is no hiding place. And that's when people say, did they rest in their laurels or would they take St Mirren easy? No, they didn't because that's the expectations that they two clubs is to win games of football and play well and entertain your supporters. That's the expectation for them and that's the pressure that comes along. And it'll be interesting to see the boys It's not lost games some of the Celtic boys probably haven't lost games huh? yeah. you know what I mean so all of a sudden how do they handle that a wee bit of negativity for the first time I never thought of that would you be hurt then if you were part of the Celtic team just now and they would want to be invincibles which Rangers were in the league race two years ago Celtic were a few years ago so would it annoy you would it be a bit of needle of course yeah. of course you'd been desperate to win the game of course and then more so even get into a national break that's the worst game to lose you know, is going in on a national break because you want the next game to come as quickly as you possibly can to get that out of your system. Did you it know? stew? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. That makes it very, very difficult. That's that's the worst game. That's the one game you do not want to lose. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just thinking, yeah. but as yeah. it's the worst game, you've got two weeks <laughs> till you play again. Imagine two weeks of you. And that <laughs> can, no, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he wins. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tough one. But listen, look back. Was it 38, 39 games yeah. unbeaten? 38 games. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, it's a, a decent. Um, decent runny uh, results and um, again as we're playing in Europe these some of these players are not used to playing like, high intensity games in terms of under pressure in, in the mm. Champions League this time last night John Hartson was saying it was uh, a year and uh, Kenny Miller jumped in and said 364 days <laughs> is that not a year? <laughs> That's, uh, near enough but it's quite some run uh, just afterwards last night then Celtic revealed their profits uh, so turnover up to 88 million profit of just over 6 million in the year when they won the title and obviously some of the sales helped them there as well and Rangers John Bennett the vice chairman mm -hmm. I think has been talking saying look no there's no missing millions um, and Stuart Robertson saying it's not as much as you think in the Champions League but um, we're going to talk about both things because a huge amount of money has gone yeah, into I, I watched an interview yeah. with John right. Bennett and well, I thought it was very good very open and honest what did you take from it? I, I think it's I think it's great for the Rangers fans to listen. Either it was clear, and, and the thing that, that surprised me was the amount of money it's been spent on Ibrox in the training ground. It was falling apart. Twenty three million pound. What over the last couple of years been spent? Um, so that tells you it's just not on the playing squad. It's a, it's a club as a whole. Um, it was falling apart. There was areas where we needed a lot of money spent on it but I, I thought it was good open and honest and I'm sure the, the, the Rangers fans will appreciate that Peter from Celtic's point of view you can read a balance sheet what did you make of it 88 million turnover 6 million profit but I think for Celtic fans the always thing they are only interested in is to see who you're buying who you're selling <laughs> you know they're not interested in balance sheets anything like that what are we doing with the money are we better bringing better quality players and Celtic done that in the summer taking a couple of loan signings and making them permanent I think that's important when you're bringing the money in because let's be honest, it's like everything else. It's the supporters' hard-earned cash and it's not cheap to go to a game at football nowadays. So they want to see it spent wisely. And I think all supporters ask for whatever football club you support is that they're kept 
aware of what's happening. I know there's certain things can't be, but when it's to do with the football mm. side of it, you know, let them know where the finances are coming. Can we spend X, Y, and Z amount of money? All these sort of things. And if you keep them abreast, it they're quite happy. And in terms of he was talking about the player trading, mm -hmm. obviously Celtic have been known yeah. for that. Signing a player for a couple of million, selling them off on for like treble or, mm. or quadruple. And when you actually hear him talk, it only really started in January from Nathan Patterson moving. That was the first. So it's only been going seven or eight months when you think about it. So it's been Patterson, it's been Aribo, it's yeah. been Bassey. And now they're expecting that to motor a wee but bit. But you're saying there, but, but what the punters would probably end up doing is saying, well, we get 30 million for player sales or 40 million mm -hmm. for player and we've got 40 million for the European sure. game. But, so we've got 80 million now to yeah. make the team better. But there's so much well, to go on. There's 25, 23, 25 uh, that went on in the, exactly. in the stadium. Yeah. And Sure Robinson saying it's not as much as you think coming in. Back to Celtic about the player trading is interesting. Uh, they sold Odson Edward, as you know, and Ayer. Uh, they brought in 29 million from player sales and they spent 38 million. And they've got 30 million in the bank. They've backed the manager, haven't they? And, and it's a great trading model that Celtic have. I've done fantastically well with that over the piece. You go back to Musa Dembele's, all these guys as mm -hmm. well. It's so important, you know, that you're bringing them in. Because I think Musa was about 250 grand, if I'm right, because it's a cross-border. His contract was up. And that's the sort of fee you would have to play for, like a training fee, I think, to England. I'm not 100% sure on that. But it wouldn't have been much more than that. You know, you were what paying... a signing. Who got him? Was it John Park at that point? Or... I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure who'd have been but... involved in that. Brendan mm. was a manager, yeah. obviously, at the time. So Brendan would have knew him because mm. at that time down there, I was at Fulham at the time. Uh, yeah. um, I'd just left Fulham and Musa had come in as a youngster, really, at the time, with Ross McCormick. And Ross had scored, I don't know, 30, 40 goals mm. near enough that season. The two of them scored an incredible amount of goals, nearly 50 goals between them. Mm. And then all of a sudden, he ended up at Celtic. You know, so, listen... He'd done fantastically well, but Celtic have continually that. You go back to Van Dykes, you name them all, they've all done exceptionally well with that. And that's part of it. Supporters don't like to see them go because you, you yep. think about it now if you had Van Dyke playing, you had Tierney playing, <laughs> you'd all this sort of thing. Maybe you'd be challenging in Europe to play in the Champions League to play these certain big games that they're all going about. But it's very, very difficult, you know, when people are offering you so much money plus the finances that the player can make. And that's the, unfortunately, that's part and parcel of what you've got to do to trade. The great news is the big two are with us tonight. Barry Ferguson, Peter Grant and the big tour in the Champions League albeit we're switching gear shortly because just a few miles from here I saw some people heading to the game it's Scotland versus the Ukraine and it's a sellout tonight 50,000 people and Barry back to the balance sheet there at Ibrox which uh, I know you do cast a are you a shareholder in Rangers? No, are, are you no not? But okay, but, I, I, yeah. I was really interested because yeah. there's been a lot of noise for the fans yeah. wanting sure. to know where, where the money in, and I think it was brilliant that as quickly as John Bennett came out I thought it was I thought he was um, really good in his interview, very open and honest, as I, I, I said. And I think it cleared up quite a lot of what's been, what's been said. Um, and obviously he went on about recruitment in terms of players coming in. And I agree with him. I, I, what, you're at three weeks into September, mm. so new players have been in the, the club for, what, six, seven weeks. I think it's far too early to judge players. I think you've got to give them three, four, five months at least and he was talking about that, like Lawrence, for yep. instance, came in, done really well. Sholak scored nine goals. We were talking about Yilmaz, Yilmaz. five and a half million pound. Mm. Now you've got to give him another couple of months and then you can maybe um, cash your eye over whether that was a good or bad signing. Um, but it was it was an interesting interview. Um, it went on for about 30 or 40 minutes. And I'm sure he, Is that on Rangers TV? Yeah, yep. I'm sure he would have yep. cleared up a, a lot of things for Rangers fans. I think it's important that 
the board because he's I think he's vice chairman yeah. so he's come out and he's he spoke really well and I'm sure the Rangers fans would have enjoyed um, listening to that and he's put his money into the club hasn't he along with Douglas Park and others yeah. D- did he say did you get any indication of how much money will be available to GVB come no, January no they never not yet they're no, no. no. It's very that, difficult, Paul, because yeah. I mean, you're talking about young lads at four and five million pounds. You know, as I spoke about the other week, there was an 18 year old boy who went from Man City to uh, Southampton mm-hmm. for something like 12 or 20 million or something like that. You know, yeah. we've never heard them. So that shows you the sort of levels you're talking about. And you try to say that Ross Wilson that wouldn't know these players. Of course, he would know Ross. He was at Southampton, he would know all, all these guys at, at, down in England. He knows them all. He knows the players that's available. But yeah, again, four or five million, we're talking now, Barry, gets you a youth team player. Mm. And unfortunately, that's the sort of top dollar we'd be playing for players up here because that's what you can afford because on top of that, you've got the wages. Now, when you see guys down in England going, you're thinking, God almighty, you wouldn't get in your dressing room and he's still going for £20 million. You know, and that, that's that's the difference for that. And it's very, very difficult. And you've got to understand the Rangers as well. Some of the boys have brought in have not been available, Davis, yeah. Suter, mm-hmm. which were going to be so, so-called big players for them. They've not been available either. So once they get their fitness back, that then you start, I think, asking questions or looking at the manager and saying we got it right here or the recruitment's right once they start to perform because if they perform well for you everybody forgets he also did mention a lot of people look just who's been brought in but new contracts have been given out in terms of Connor Golson long term contract Tavernier club captain long term he signed up Stephen Davis and Alan McGregor and Scott Arfield who will be big big earners Mm -hmm. Um, so there has been money spent Um, I'm just it's just interesting to listen to it and once you listen to it you actually you get a grip of, of what's actually mm. going on and I've always maintained and you know this I think the Rangers board at this moment in time are the right people to take Rangers forward and with him coming out yesterday I think it'll ease um, a lot of the, the Rangers supporters minds and he, he vowed that Rangers you don't often get that from He's a director going to continue to spend I've, yep. I've said that they're going to continue to spend on the stadium on the, the youth set up on the training ground Stuff round about the stadium. Um, there's going to be a lot of investment going into that because they were talking about there's there's new um, executive boxes getting built, new lounges getting built, and this all brings money into the club. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it was a real interesting um, watch and, and listen. Craig Moore will be swanning around there, won't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> around the exec boxes, he'll be with us soon. He's not on tomorrow night, I don't think. With us, but he's over uh, in Switzerland. Is he yeah. player hunting? Yeah. Right, it's the Go Radio Football Show international match tonight. But we're also looking at what's happening at Rangers, what's happening at Celtic, because I think Peter, this is a season where they're both in the Champions League, stating the obvious. These are special days. Quick break, and then we're back. Oh eight, oh eight, seventeen, seventeen. 700. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go. Yeah, they'll be fired up, of course they will Good team, they want to, they want to top the section They'll want promotion to the, the A group of the Nations League But so do we Like I said before, we're, we're hopeful that We're not hopeful We're certainly going to do our best to play better than we did in the summer And then We'll see what the result is. Just over two hours away from kickoff, it's the Nations League. Scotland against Ukraine on the line now. He's on the way to the game. John, big Scotland fan. Hi, John. Hi, guys. How are you this evening? Hi, John. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Barry is uh, looking forward to it, I think, as well. Yeah. You've put me under a wee bit of pressure about this team. I keep changing two or three players each time. So we've asked Barry and Peter for their teams a moment or two, John. So will they work on it? How are you feeling about tonight then? So let's not talk about three months ago when they dashed our hopes for the World Cup. What about tonight? I'm not sure what to think, Paul, to be perfectly honest, because, um, I mean, the, 
the June performances or two of the four June performances were not great and um, obviously we mentioned that Ukraine game and the Ireland game. It's not the players aren't off form game um, from the start of the season, especially the forward players. Um so I'm I'm not feeling the same excitement right now, but and by the time we get to Hamden, that will change. Full house tonight. Here's the manager. I think it's a, an indication of how how well the the team and the squad have done over the over the last couple of years. They've, they've got the the Scottish public back on side. Two full houses at Hamden <laughs> doesn't always happen like that. So it's, it's nice to know that the crowd will be there, and I'm sure the crowd will be 100 percent behind us as they normally are. And John, you love your football. You love your Scotland. You've written about the country and the team. What's the manager learned from that bad week that we had in June? I think they're a very good team, very comfortable on the ball, uh, good possession. They showed they can play on counter-attack as well with the, with the third goal. Uh, we disappointed the, the way that game turned out in the summer, so we'll try and put it right. We lost two goals that I think were, were both, the first two goals were both avoidable. Uh, we could have defended better and hopefully we defend better this time. John, we'll get the guys' teams. Barry, what's your team for tonight? Who would you play? Um, I'm going to go with I think you'll, go, you'll stick with the three at the back I'm going to go Craig Gordon I'm going to go a, a back three McTominay, McKen, McKenna and Tierney two wing backs obviously on the right side Patterson left side Taylor I'm going to go a, a midfield three that might surprise quite a few people I'm going to go with Ryan Jack, Jack Callum McGregor and John McGinn Stuart Armstrong just in front of him behind Shea Adams Peter, what do you think? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I haven't been speaking to Barry, yeah. but I've wrote Hendry, McKenna, Tierney, with Craig Gordon obviously in goals, yeah. but that's my back three, with McKenna in the central with the three. Mm -hmm. Gives you a natural balance with Kieran on the left, and he's used to playing that. Greg Taylor, wing back. Mm -hmm. Patterson, wing back. And then I've got McGregor, McTominay, McGinn, with Armstrong in front, with Shea Adams, because I think they do very well together when they play at Southampton. And Stewart's very good at running off the ball, and it mm -hmm. gives him a little bit of freedom. And I think he's a better player when he's got freedom. John, what would you say? What's your team? Um, I think mine's is similar to Bar Barry. Um, so I've got Craig Gordon goals. Um, I've also got McTominay, McKenna and Tierney. Um, I've got Greg Taylor left wing back. Patterson the right. I think Patterson's a shoe enough to start the season. Had mm -hmm. Everton. Um, if it's a toss-up between Gilmore and, and Jack, personally I think um, Ryan Jack should start because he's had more game time this season. But I've got a feeling Gilmore might start. Um, and I think it'll be McGinn McGregor. They pick themselves, and I agree. Stuart Armstrong off uh, she Adams. I think Armstrong um, played his win with some performances. He was one of the better ones, so that's what I'm going with. Barry, nobody's a bigger Billy Gilmer fan than you. Yeah, listen, I think the world of him. I, I just what, what John's mentioned there. He's, he's not played enough football, and you're coming up against a, a quality team in Ukraine. And I just think we Ryan Jack. Um, he, he's been involved with the in the Rangers games the last few weeks. And I just think it gives you that extra security because if you remember back to the Ukraine game in June, we got overrun in midfield. Um, and I just think he'll, he'll, he'll sit in there beside Callum McGregor and then John McGinn and Armstrong will be the ones that can get beyond and, and help Shea Adams with the two wing-backs, obviously. John just mentioned Nathan Patterson. Tough time from the first six months down in Everton, but listen, he's shown his quality now. He's, he's um, a, a first pick for Frank Lampard at, at Everton and... And Greg Taylor, um, nice to see he's going to be given a chance, obviously, with the captain being injured. But I still look at that team and I think very strong, good experienced guys that have played, are playing sorry, at a high level. So, 
Yep, me and John have got the, the same team. Peter, what would you say to the two of them? No, well, the only thing is I left Young Billy out, not because just because of the amount of game time. Yeah. I put McTominay in there because I think the last time when we gave Ukraine time in the ball, they were too good. We have to get closer to them, and McTominay's very good at going against the ball quickly. You know, I think he's he's got good energy in that, and he's strong. And I just think if I was looking at it, you know, you think you can't give them that space and time because they've got too many good players who can pick the passes, and that's why I think with Billy not having the game time. And it allows Callum to sit there and still be the playmaker. But you've got John McGinn, McTominay, you've got Armstrong, all good energy. You've got Patterson and Taylor, good energy. And I just feel as if they'll probably need that more against the ball because we see, as I say, the quality that the Ukraine already have. And Peter, looking at Nathan Patterson, he must think this is uh, hallelujah. Because, you know, he had a couple of seasons where he didn't play that many games at Rangers and at Everton. And now he's a first pick. But it shows enough about his mentality and I think that's the biggest thing with football players. Mm. And it's been a tough time at Everton, not just for Nathan, for the full squad the players since he went there. Nobody expected Everton to be in the situation they were, the change of manager and everything like that. And he's to go to go and prove, uh, prove to another manager. He's done that fantastically well and thoroughly deserves his opportunity. And seeing that, Rolson's never let Scotland down when he's played. But yeah, again, he's not playing for Celtic. So I, I would definitely put Parson in before him for sure. The manager says he's got faith in his players. I said... I certainly don't lose faith in the, the group of players. Sometimes you have a bad uh, international window and, and that's what happened in June, unfortunately. So we have to make sure this one's better. John, what are you thinking then? You've got great faith. I know you have. You go everywhere uh, with Scotland. What do you think we can go into the game on Saturday with? And what about Ireland? How are you feeling about them? It's uh, We got a doing in June from then, didn't we, in Dublin? Yeah, don't, don't remind me. I mean, that was one of the worst scores of all time, that game against Ireland. So um, I'm hoping for a lot better on Saturday, but... Quite frankly, we need to win this game tonight. You know, I don't buy this um, drawing the ball doom until I've never gone to that. Um, if we're serious about winning this section, we need to win this game tonight, especially given the fact we lost in, um, in Ireland. Um, so if we could get that win tonight, give us a confidence booster, and we should be good enough to beat Ireland at the weekend. But first and foremost, we need to win tonight against a tougher team, and if we could do that, then we've got a great chance. Barry, the manager said four points is needed. Would you see the three of them coming maybe yeah, Saturday? You, you can't go in and think, no. listen, I'll take yeah. a point tonight. You, you can't go in and no. think like that as a as a player. Listen, I'm sure it'll be a different team talk and I'm sure the experienced guys in that team will be saying, listen, we, we're at home, 50,000 fans, go and let's take the game to Ukraine. Um, and you know what it's like if you get off to a flyer the first 10 minutes, the, the place is absolute jumping if they can get that early goal. So you've got to go out with the mindset as let's get six points for these two games. Because these are massive games if we want to if we want to top the group. So the captain's out injured, Peter, but somebody that was missing in June was uh, Kieran Tierney. He's back playing at Arsenal again and how influential will he be tonight? Massive. It's just a matter of Kieran, obviously, his fitness levels because he's played the last few games and seemingly been very good for uh, Arsenal. He's got the quality, there's no doubt that either position, left side, you know, uh, centre-back or left-back, I think he's exceptional. He's a very good defender. He's got very good quality in the ball. His energy is great because he gives you another winger because when Greg Taylor goes forward to cross or he sits in, Kieran's willing to take out that position and that's the good thing about playing the three. It allows him to leave that position which he's used to doing anyway. And another side of it is as well, defensively, if he gets put in a, a ball, put in a channel, he's comfortable out in that position because he's a natural left-back so he's used to being out in the areas anyway which most centre-backs play there are not used to doing that, you know, so... I think he's a top quality player. I'm not just saying that as an XL. I think he's a big miss when he's not playing for Scotland. What about Yarmolenko? You know him from West yeah. Ham, the captain. Um, it's 32 now, but he's still a really dangerous player. 
Top quality, you know, there is no doubt of that. When he's on his game, and I mean even in the Premiership last year, when he played certain games last year, he was outstanding against top quality defenders, you know, so he can do that with you. But I think the most important thing about this is with the home fans supporting the players, but the supporting the players has got to come for the players starting quickly. I think that's the biggest secret in this game. You have to be play a Scotland game and try and be forceful, and that's why the team that I sort of selected is more energy, because I think that's what you'll have to, and then you can change it and bring it back, but you have to be able to maintain the ball, of course, but you have to be able to get it back off the opposition quickly. To sort of Because we, as Scotland supporters, love our players being committed and playing on the front foot, and that never changes, and if you can get the support going here, anything's possible. Barry? Yeah, they've got to play full energy, but they've got to play with a bit of brains as well. Because um, yeah. you, you just can't go on the pitch and think you can yeah. just run about, you know what I mean? When we get the ball, we've got players that can clearly handle the ball as well. Um, so, listen, I expect us to start really, really strong tonight. And take the game to Ukraine. That's the way we've got to approach it. As I says, I, I think with, with the team that I've named, and even Granty's team, there's still enough quality in there to get a positive result tonight. And, and listen, you never know at Hamden. It's all about starting well because the, the roar, you, you sense it yourself. Yeah. You say that in the dressing room. Start the game, first five, ten minutes on the front foot and the fans will get right behind you. Here's the manager saying about, you know, the Nations League at first people say, what is this tournament? It's the one that took us to Euro 2020 just last year. The Nations League is as important as we know because we qualified for Euro 2020. It's that long ago, I can't remember. Euro 2020 uh, through the Nations League. So... We know it's important. Also, if we have a good week, we could possibly be seeded for the, the draw in October for Euro 2024. So it's an important competition for us. And what about the call-ups? None so far, apart from the goalkeeper, Robbie McCrory. Here's the boss. Certainly not before the first game. Obviously, we need to monitor the situation, but I've got more than enough in the squad to cover the first game. So disappointed to lose more players, but we, we knew some of them were coming. Uh, so just got to deal with it and move on. John, you happy with that with the goalkeeping position? Then uh, Craig Gordon took a knock on Saturday, but there's absolutely on Sunday, but he's okay. I gave my heart failure when I watched that um, highlight. Him <laughs> when he went down home, he said, "Oh no, please no!" But um, thankfully, he's hurt because Liam Kelly's not um, had a cap yet. And yep. after that, I mean, Robbie McCrory's um, not had any competitive game time other than what is he played even lonely for Rangers B this season? I'm not sure, but other than that, I mean, Xander Clark wasted. Um, months of pre-season um, looking for a club and there's not really many others so you understand McCrory's still up in that position I hope he goes and on loan of somebody to get game time because he's wasting himself being first choice at Rangers in my opinion so I think he's a good goalkeeper Barry yeah I said that last week he needs to go and play I think he has got potential to be a Rangers number one in the future and Scotland number one but he needs to go and get that experience he's done it previously went to Livingston He's only played two first game, uh, first team games for Rangers. So he needs to get out and get a bit of game time um, and play. And if he does that, he'll just improve as a, a goalkeeper because I think he's got all the attributes to be a top one. One of those games was against Celtic and how much, is that like doing 10 good games when you play in the <laughs> as derby? As you play well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, but he, he showed he's got the, he the mindset yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just like to see players get, get game time. That means leaving a, a big club for six months or 12 months Go and do it and get the experience under your belt. What strip have you got on tonight, John? Which one of the Scotland tops are you wearing? <laughs> I went for the retro Italian 91. My son <sighs> Callum in the back seat has got the, um, the, uh, the, the most recent one, but we haven't got the new one yet, but you'll be getting the new one soon. Well done, Callum. Well, right. What's Callum's score? What does he reckon? Callum, what do you think the score's going to be, son? 
What's he saying? He's, he he's, says 2-0. 2-0 <laughs> two two for Scotland. And what do you think, John? Yeah. I'll be optimistic and go for a 2-1. Two 2-1 one. Two one win. Peter, what do you reckon? Let's I'm, do it while John and Callum are I'm on. I'm going for 1-1. One, one. 1-1 one, one, yeah. you reckon I'll okay. take any kind of win I'll take Scotland been absolute hopeless tonight right. and just getting three points <laughs> I don't care we just need to get three points because I think Sunday, Saturday against Republic Ireland we can take care of them tonight's a big one just make sure you you get the three points here's the manager I don't think it'll have the same edge that, that game in, in June was, was pretty unique the circumstances leading into it and whatever so maybe slightly different but still a big game for, for two teams that want to top the section uh, I think the, the Scottish public the Scottish fans now all know that Ukraine are a very good team I'm sure they'll play to the same level but what I'm looking for from our team is that, that we get back to the level that we can be and then we'll see what we'll see what the result is And John it seems a while since we've been at the games then isn't it the summer's some and gone has come and gone we're into the autumn it's getting dark the lights will be on how much are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward. I, I always look forward to Scotland games. Um, you know, this, it's not far down the road for me, so it's great. Um, atmosphere is usually good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward. It's always good to come back to the National Stadium. Fantastic. John and Callum, thanks very much for joining us on the way to Hamden, just a couple of miles away from us here. It's getting dark soon, Barry, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but we'll he's, be, he's a footballer. You'll have that. I don't know what Granite thinks. I used to love playing under the lights. Uh-huh. I, I just loved it. It was just something different about it. Um, and the fans there, and a wee bit colder. I, I don't know. There was just a, a good feeling um, that I enjoyed as a as a player. I just watched, I loved watching the games in the in the night time. But I loved playing at three o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. That, that was the best time ever. Three o'clock Saturday. I wish it was every game was still at, at three o'clock on the Saturday because everybody's result was coming in. Used to watch European nights because used to train along the road and used to run along when they seen the floodlights on. Yeah. Any games over on, you could run along the road and get to, and, and you, by that time you could get lifted over, get in for nothing. So Indeed. that was more important. And you were only 22 at the time, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> 32. <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore, does it? No, no, that's, no chance. It's all computerised, isn't no it? No chance. Yeah. Douglas Park. Um, yeah. Aki's old ground I know I know oh, well used to yeah. get through over the turnstiles <laughs> to be yeah. fair you remember the whole fair oh, <laughs> 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 we can't well, use his language that, that's the reason <laughs> why I wanted to go if I, if I couldn't get to a Rangers game if, if, with my dad if Derek wasn't playing or, or whatever yeah. I would go down to Aki's and I just went down and watched him old Fergie <laughs> for 90 minutes for the, the younger just badgered, he ran up down, they were winning yeah, uh, three sure. nothing he would just badger the manager and the players and he ran <laughs> up down the touchline didn't he just shoot he just listened to him for 90 minutes <laughs> and when the bus drove up I used to love it when Danny got off the bus before us and he used to call him the bearded ass <laughs> did he? Danny <laughs> McGrain? Un- oh it was unbelievable and I, I was a young boy at the time yeah. I'm thinking this guy, uh-huh. <laughs> but it was oh comic. It was comic, and he stand at the side. Of it. it was brilliant to watch. But that's why I still like about Douglas Park. You know, we're ranting here for two hours on Go Radio. <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go. A couple of other headlines today ahead of the international tonight. Tom Rogic said he wanted to go from Celtic. He needed a change after a decade at the top with the champions, according to Ange Postacoglu. Peter, you can understand that maybe or not. He's at West Brom. I'm surprised he came back, I must mm. admit. I thought at that time when he went, he maybe had enough, maybe he went away to Japan or something like that. I thought he'd have done that. I didn't think he'd have come back to the championship because Barry will tell you, he played in it a long time and I've coached in it a long time and played in it. And it, it's unforgiving. 
You know, it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, nearly 52 weeks of the year. <laughs> That's what it feels like, you know. And it, the, every game is difficult, every game. But maybe Tom's thinking uh, a wee change of scenery for him, but I'm surprised he's came back to these shows. I'm not sure the, the championship will suit him, no, Tom yeah. Rogic. I think technically, look, when he was on his game, I, I thought he was a fantastic player for Celtic. And and when it was all firm games and he was in the Celtic starting 11, you were, you were worried about him. But in terms of... I know what it's like. I played three years in the championship, and as, as Granty just said, there it's physical. There's there's not a lot of football played. Um, back to front quite a lot. A lot of the teams are, as I said, they're, they're physical presence. Um, so I don't know. I hope I'm wrong because I hope he goes down there and does well. But I don't know if it will suit him. I told Fulham to sign him. Um, the period he was out of contract, I think it was just after Brendan. And I think there was a period he was going to be leaving yeah. and it was told he was going to be leaving. And I said to Fulham, because it had suited their particular team. Um, Jovanovic was a manager at the time and I had a tenor. And there were a wee bit of humming and hawing. And then they played against England. Australia played against yeah. England at Sunderland. And he was brilliant. He was the best player on the pitch by a country mile. And I came back and asked the, the, the scout what he thought. And all he did, I didn't, wasn't too sure. And I was like, oh, what game are you? Did you go at the right game? Because the funny thing was, I listened to the game and watched the game back then when I'm back. I'm thinking, did I pick that up wrong watching that there? And Glenn Hoddle said he was unbelievable. And when somebody like Glenn Hoddle says that, that Tom Rogic had ran the show against England, and I'm talking about the top quality players playing against them that game. So you thought at that particular time, 100%. At this particular time, I'm not so sure. He's had a lot of summer off. People didn't know where he disappeared because they were talking about the World coming up, Cup coming up and all this. And Tom's one of these guys, and it's interesting, the manager's comment I've seen was talking about his fitness levels. He has to be physically fit and strong for the Championship in England. And I think Ange knows that. He knows that. He's not. He's worldly wise. And he thinks that, to me, that's him putting a wee bit of a marker down. Oh, it's not going to be as easy as you think. But for the Celtic fans who had nine in a row, and he was there all the way, wasn't he? What would you say about his contribution? Brilliant. I, I loved that. I, I, as I said to you before, biggest problem I had with him was he was a match winner who used to get 10 off at 60 minutes that's what I couldn't understand I thought there were big big games that no matter if he's done nothing you know he was capable of producing something and I just thought too many times he was coming off too early and whether that was a habit he got into himself I'm not sure or the manager thought he wasn't enough of him but somebody like Tom Rogic has got to be on the pitch if you can keep him on for 90 minutes he's capable of anything and ironically it was Ange that got 90 minutes out from Barry your final thought on him yeah I, I was always worried when he was in the starting 11 yeah. for Celtic when um, the old firm games came about because um, if you gave him a bit of space he would punish you and, and listen he, he did that a number of times against Rangers um, in terms of him leaving Celtic I, I look at Matt O'Reilly they're very similar the way they move and manipulate the ball and I think that's one of the reasons I don't think Celtic really tried to to keep him because um, Matt O'Reilly younger um, and obviously he's he's played some stuff since he's he's come up for League One and um, from MK Dons. Um, but listen, he will he'll find it tough. But listen, he's he's a player of, of so much ability. Barry and the other side of the city, Alex Lowry, the young Rangers player. He sparked uh, an interest today. People are saying, "What's happening in social yes. media?" His boots on. He's put boots on in Instagram. Yeah, good to see. It. I, I I did watch the tackle, and it was um, it was a it was a sore one he took. Um, but these things happen in football he's not been out for, for too long Paul I think what four or five weeks um, but he's a player again that um, excites me when he's, he's obviously broke into the Rangers team you can see he's pretty different from 
a lot of the other midfielders he, he, he gets beyond the striker he, he plays in the areas where he's tough to, to pick up so great to see him um, on the road back and it'll be interesting to see if he can force his way into the, the 18 and also came our Ruth back training as well mm. which is a big plus for Rangers Excitement that was the word I was searching for Peter it wouldn't oh. come there but he's a terrific young talent Charlie McCann did well for Rangers at the weekend as well looks really confident yeah, but you've got to do that. You know, when you get an opportunity, and I'm sure the manager, Gio, has been there before as a young player himself and played at big clubs. So when you get into big clubs, can you handle it? We've all been there. Barry played as a young man. I, I was fortunate enough I didn't know I was going to be playing my first game because I'd have been a nervous wreck. You know what I mean? So these young boys have went in and handled it exceptionally well. And now what they've got to do, and it's always the old cliche, you've got to continue. You know, you're not... A, we would never consider ourselves a first team player who'd played over 100 games. <laughs> that was a bit, was then? That, don't even think about it. The manager wouldn't allow you to think that. So you've got a long road to go, and anybody can handle the pressure of playing for a Celtic Rangers, I've said many times, because that is completely different, probably, to most clubs. There's nothing better seeing young players come through and, and break in. It's great seeing them break in, but what I want to see is can they maintain that? Can they go and play 25, 50, 75, 100 games? Um, and Obviously Saturday, as you mentioned, Charlie McCann, Leon King, playing in front of Ben Davies, who cost in between three and four million pounds. Um, he's shown that he's he's more than capable of playing in the Rangers first team, Leon King. I think he's one that I think if he continues his development, there'll be a lot of clubs down south sniffing about him. It does make you wonder what's happening with Ben Davies, four million. It does. Well, listen, he's been in... He's, but in the squad since mm -hmm. the Ajax defeat yeah. he was on the bench so that tells me he's training every single day and he's available for selection uh, and I honestly thought Saturday this is the time I've, I've been saying it for yeah. the last couple of weeks this is the time to put him in and get games or get minutes under his belt but Gio obviously went with Leon King who he thinks was, was best for the job and listen it's brilliant as a, a supporter seeing the young players coming through but also you sometimes think that's three or four million pounds um, and there's a young player playing in front of him so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks Huge money in the Scottish game Peter Celtic boss Ange Postacoglu has insisted today he's not thinking of a move to the English Premier League he insists he's living the dream here in Glasgow no interest in quitting the club that's obviously with speculation it was about Brighton that job's gone but if Brendan Rodgers goes from Leicester uh, what do you think though about Ange saying that today he's living the dream 100% I understand what he's saying I've said that many times Paul I'm not just saying that being a Celtic supporter or anything like that no way am I just saying it for that reason it's because Manchester United is the only club that plays under the pressures of Celtic and Rangers that is a fact he's lorded here the only thing Angel move for maybe he wants to go to the Championship sorry the Premier League and be in one of the top six clubs or whatever you know, to do that, you have to show you can manage a Celtic or a Rangers. He's proven that he can do that. He's got to consistently do that. And there'll always be people chapping on your door. And we've said it many times. The only way people come chapping on your door if you're doing the business. When Barry, people were wanting Barry, is because he was playing well with Rangers. Mm -hmm. You know, when Celtic players are getting sold or they're coming looking for the manager, it means the club's doing really well. And that's what you want. The manager will make a decision. He'll come sometimes and say, right, enough's enough. This is what I want to do. I want to go and try in the Premier League in England. And maybe not. Because there's some guys maybe think, no, I'm delighted at doing this. But he knows he maybe get bored there after a period of time, yeah. you know. And there's always something that's got to spark you. I mean, he's a very intelligent man. You listen to the way he speaks. But I said to you, there's not many clubs, I think, could move him at this moment in time. Because I, I, you see the way he's lorded there. 
and the way he spoke about Celtic and the way the Celtic supporters trust him at this moment in time and long may that continue Barry yeah the, the only way I see him leaving is if he wants a quiet life and he wants a massive <laughs> massive budget to go and spend on, yeah. on players because mm. if you're at a club like Celtic you're under pressure to win you're under pressure to deliver you're playing Champions League now mm. are you going to get that down um, in England at the clubs he's, that have been um, rumoured to be interested no you're, you're not you're only going to go down there and get a treble your salary and you're going to have a budget of what is it 100 million mm -hmm. quid or even sometimes more than more. that um, so that's the only way I, I can see him I'm leaving but he's clearly happy at Celtic we're um, still going to get you two players 100 million down there no I know yep. you know but that's only gets you gets you two players <laughs> if you had 100 million at Celtic it's completely different but 100 million down there you get two two fullbacks yep. probably yeah. But if he's wanting to go for a quiet yeah. um, plate of pasta with his yeah. wife and his, his children, <laughs> well, be down to England. That's true. <laughs> Whereas here, every, you bump into the opposition manager, don't you, in the West End yeah. and GVB. Actually, the two of them have been great for British football, haven't they? Brilliant. The two gents. Brilliant. Yeah. And listen, we can get criticism and whatever, we know yeah. what it's like, but I think it, they've been brilliant. They've spoke very well. You know, they know the pressure they're under and it's very, very difficult to do but that face on all the time. Yes, I'll have a wee snip back at times, I think. That's part and parcel of life up here, you know, but I think they've handled themselves and represented their clubs really, really well. Do you know a manager who couldn't snip back at you? I mean, they all you have to, don't you? You have to if you're... Yeah, because there's some silly team. questions got asked, Paul, as well. We've got to do it and we're part oh, of I've it. Delivered you a know, few of them. I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what was in there. <laughs> Here's Ant Postacoglu afterwards. He wasn't happy after the defeat at Paisley. I just don't think there are any elements of our performance that were reflective of the kind of team we want to be. We didn't really create kind of opportunities we wanted to. We weren't, you know, really strong defensively. It was, it was, you know, like I said, as a collective overall, it just didn't reach any near the levels of what we wanted. You shouldn't have to lose to, to learn some of the lessons we did today. I thought we, we kind of already knew that we need to perform at certain levels and. Um, Disappointing, disappointing for our supporters because they're obviously going to you know, sit on this for a couple of weeks now and um, we've got to make sure when we come back we hit the ground running and, and um, get going again. Just your point, Barry. You have to sit in it now for a couple yeah, of weeks. That, that, that's yeah, that's a, a difficult um, thing for the players and the, the manager. Mm -hmm. But he was very honest. They weren't good enough but you've got to give St Man all the credit they, they, they deserve because they had a, a real game plan and, and they stuck to that and they thoroughly deserved their win. But now... If you're champions, it's all about how you bounce back. And that's the, the next game. I'm sure he'll, he'll be expecting that. Well done, St Mirren. Now in fourth position. Livy in fifth, so they're uh, tied. Just the goal difference is different. Celtic on 18 points after the seven games. Rangers on 16. Hearts on 13. Yep, Rangers winning 2-1 on Saturday against Dundee United. And then the international break. Maybe before the game, it couldn't come soon enough for Rangers to get you know a bit of a break after three defeats in a row. But after a win, GVB spoke about the international break. We have 10 days because we're quite a smaller group than we used to. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we will take the, the break to, uh, to recharge, refresh and uh, get them, uh, you know, fit for, for the coming uh, games because we have uh, a lot of games to be played uh, until the break uh, when the World Cup begins. Barry, what about Morellas then? He didn't feature at the weekend. Were you surprised it was Cholak? He did his job. But Morellas, will they still be working hard on him yeah. to get him fully fit? Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be getting much of a break. Um, he might give the players three or four days. Sometimes it's good just to get away in a different environment. But players like, like um, Morellas, Ben Davies, who's not played a lot of football, Kmar Roof's just back training as well. 
there's a, there's a core group that they'll be making sure they no I wouldn't say a mini pre-season but they'll be getting worked hard to make sure that they're up to speed come the next um, next game for Rangers and I think they'll have behind closed doors game I think that's the big thing now a lot of clubs are looking for because they've got so many much in their squad now they're looking for these guys to get games whether the training grounds or your stadium you can use your stadium you know to get a game in and make it realistic it's never easy because it's not a, a fully fledged game as and such but I think it's very, very important to get 90 minutes in their legs, whatever way you can try and do it, and get the fitness that you can have your double sessions, which you used to do pre-season, Barry will tell you, used to have a double session and you'd play a game at night in pre-season, you know, because just to try and get the fitness levels up, all these sort of things you used to do, and maybe Gio use that, it'll give them a few days to get away from each other, because it doesn't matter, it's nice to get away from each other, because it gives you more to talk about when you come back, there's a certain buzz when everybody comes back, because everybody's done something different, and I think that's important to get that wee break as well for them. What are you watching the telly? Stuff like that. Do they come back and say, <laughs> tell you what happened? No, but do you know what happens yeah. now? They go away with their GPSs. Yeah. And listen, just to get out, to try something different, mm -hmm. get away into a different environment. Um, as you say, spend a wee bit of time with the family, but they'll, they'll have a programme to yeah. stick to 30 or 40 minutes. And they, they can't get away with nothing because obviously they'll need to bring back in their GPS and then. And your Zoom calls are in bars as well. Yeah. They do them on Zoom now mm -hmm. so they can train away. Everybody's got to be on the Zoom mm -hmm. or whatever at 10 o'clock in the morning, the ones that's away, but keep away. But for 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, we're going to be doing this. And it's so easy to do that now. But we used to could put it on the dog and let the dog yeah. run. That's what I was going to say. You could go to the beach in Ibiza or whatever, see somebody running, guy or girl, say, shove that on for an hour. And they look brilliant. But I've got a way of working that out. The news is next then. We're counting down to kick off and we'll bring you the team in the next hour. Scotland could go top of the table if they beat Ukraine tonight. Service your existing car with us right now. And it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes motability and fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! We're just listening there and speaking. Roger Federer, Serena Williams, two of the greatest ever. I'm looking at Barry Ferguson, Peter Grant. Peter, you love your tennis as well. Uh, Roger Federer, best ever? One of the best. I think it's been a great group of players. Um, this group here, the four of them, Djokovic, you know, Nadal and Murray. I, I like every one of them. But then you go back to Bjorg and, that, and you think, ah, there's something special there. Very special, Bjorn Borg. Barry, what about you? Yeah, I, I love yeah. them. Best grass player for me. Um, but then you've got like Nadal and Djokovic who are immense tennis players. But for me, he was my favourite. I, I just love watching him. Um, just a classy operator um, but what a career he's had what a career and I'm sure he'll go on and enjoy because um, he's certainly done <laughs> done well for himself so he'll go and enjoy retirement with his, with his family quick quiz for you two then greatest ever Scots sportsman first of all let's go sportsman or sports yeah sportsman best ever I'll throw in Andy Murray yeah I've got to, you've got yeah. to say when you talk about winning Wimbledon you know and especially with this group of players he was playing against you know we always look at football and whatever but when you talk about an individual sport to get yourself and your focus the injuries he's had 
he's one of for sure. He's right up there. Barry, for you? Yeah, you can't argue with that. Um, before he had these problems with his back, which he struggled with over the last three or four four years, um, he, he was number one, won Wimbledon, won um, major championships. Mm. Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be difficult to, to argue. It would just it would have been nice to have seen him injury free. But listen, that's what happens when you're an elite sports person. And as I said, I mean, sometimes they can go on for four, four and a half hours on court. It just shows you the fitness levels for these guys as well. And he was brilliant with the school kids just the other week. I saw it again on social media today out in Hamilton. He was absolutely brilliant, Andy Murray. They asked him some great questions. And he was asked who was his hero? And he said his mum, Judy. And we know her well. She's. Uh, I seen he was fantastic. at the Rangers game on Saturday. That's right, because Cameron Norrie's yep. dad is a Rangers daft, isn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. That's why I wasn't going to pick him. Regan, Tom, I've not spoken to you for ages. Hi, Regan. Who's your all time top Scottish sports person, man or woman? All right, Paul, how are you doing? Good. Uh, yeah. It's got to be Andy Murray. I've met Andy, I've met Andy Murray, Paul. It was one of the best, one of the best days ever. Ah, uh, where was it? It was in the hydro. She was talking about Federer. Yeah. Uh, Federer there, Paul. Uh, it was the day that Federer won the Scottish. Tartan on ah, court. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so it was, uh, was Federer against Murray at, at the, the SSE Hydro. Mm-hmm. So what a day, what a day that was. And I, I waited about two and a half hours to see Andy Murray, so it was great. Fantastic. He really is, Probably, isn't he? Probably Andy is. Murray, amazing. Luckily enough, at the Kilt Walkout, at times we've been round with Judy and she'd say, uh, How he, he loves a name yeah. drop. Uh, uh, so I've name never drop. ever said, Oh, how, how, Andy, she'll say, How's the grandkids? Oh, and I'll say, how, How's your grandchildren? <laughs> but I never, because everyone must say, Oh, tell me about Andy. Yeah. And I never wanted and you to. Forget do his that. brothers are good. Very good. And Jamie. Well. No, yeah, yeah. He's very good. So it must be awkward. The tennis Exactly. No, no. Reagan? Football-wise? Yeah, football. What are you thinking tonight? Uh, I think Scotland will win today, Paul. I, I was going to go into the game, but I'm not going anymore because uh, it's been a bad day. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Scotland, I think they'll win 2-0. I think the fact that uh, Zinchenko is um, is not going to be playing, well, hopefully not, because he's not going to play for Arsenal. So he controlled that, that, that football match the last time when Scotland played the Ukraine. So I'm just hoping that he... It's not playing, but I think Scotland will win two 0 I think Diggs will score. I think Diggs will score, and I think McGregor will score as well, Paul. Okay, well, Diggs certainly wasn't in Barry's team or Peter's team, but I, I love the attitude, Peter. Absolutely. He's up listen, for it. You've got to be like your yeah. supporter going there to a game. You've got to be over a positive attitude. If you go negative, yeah. the players feel that anyway. So mm. I think Regan's right, hundred percent. And I, I agree with him. The likes of Jovchenko not playing, who was magnificent in the, the Scotland game. You know, so it's great to see that. That he's not going to be available I don't mean that for the kid but it's great for Scotland he's a player yeah. he, he's a player he, he was a standout player at the game at Hamden um, and, and the summer I mean he can play left back left wing back central midfield he just handles the ball brilliantly and, and I, I think he's definitely ruled out he's not He's not yeah. in their squad because right. yeah, yeah. of the injury right. so yep. that's a big miss for, for mm-hmm. the U- Ukraine but they have got other quality players in their squad they sure have uh, when you think I of would try and name Malenko Malinovsky as well yeah. and there's another one well, they've, still yeah. got, they've still got top quality players Matvienko you know we were well when I was with the 21s with Scott we played against uh, the Ukraine and Jevchenko yep. and that were playing you know, they were brilliant mm-hmm. they beat us 2-1 at uh, St Johnson 
Uh, but they were excellent. Mm. There were a lot of young players coming through. So they're a, a talented, talented group. So we'll probably be surprised when we're saying that one's not playing and then you'll see somebody else producing a performance of mm. top quality. And I think that's what they've got nowadays. They've got a quality group of young players. Peter, we were just thinking, is there a gear change? You know, we're talking about it in the programme here, so it's all been about, you know, Celtic in the Champions League, Rangers qualifying for it. Yeah, they're in. All the stuff, stuff in the league. And then we change. And you think, right, what is this? And it's a fairly new tournament. We know that. We know it got us to um, to Wembley last summer. I, I was there. Did I mention that? Um, but <laughs> oh, you did, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Was it difficult, Peter, sometimes to get the players right back and tuned in? Well, I was involved in it. Yeah. You know, I, I, mean, found, yeah. I found it strange. When the players came, you were maybe having three games or you were having two games. And if, what the difficulty was, the other players were having a rest. So all their teammates were having rest and flying all over the place. Mm. And these boys have been working so hard, playing so many games, and they never come with a national team. I liked it the old way when the national team played. And I think the supporters, if you ask the supporters, I know it's not possible nowadays, but if you were turning up for one international mm. game, there's much more to it in the respect of that. I think two and three in a, a short period of time. One, it's a hell of a lot of money. But if you remember back in the day, you turned up on the Sunday, you played on the Wednesday, you were back at your club. Yeah. And I think the players were desperate for that then. Now it can be a long time, not for for everybody, because they could play all these Champions League games, everything, and you've got a lot of injuries. And I don't think as many players turn up. And if they do turn up, you get a training session, one training session. That's the mm-hmm. thing Stevie Clark's probably realised. Right. You get one training session with the group before a match. And that is very, very difficult. You don't get a lot of time on the training ground. Like guys that played at the weekend, they've got a game tonight. Guys played on Sunday, they'll have a rest day Monday, Tuesday do very little in terms of team Barry, shape, that's what I'm so saying. We, we, we trained Paul we trained the first time with the group we met on a Sunday mm-hmm. and the first time we nine times out of ten our game was a Thursday we trained on the Wednesday for the first time with the full group mm-hmm. and you were there for the Sunday it was quite incredible actually I found it bizarre yep that's what it was like when I was involved so it was it was tough for the manager because yeah. guys were carrying niggly yep. injuries mm-hmm. and the only time you got the full oh. squad basically together was 24 hours before the game yeah and financially if they get an injury, oh, if you train them sure. prior to that, mm-hmm. if you train them on the Tuesday, say, say, oh no, you need to train because you're you're yours or whatever. But the clubs now tell you when, what minute they've got to train, how many minutes they've got to train, what day yeah. they can start mm-hmm. training. That's all the biggest problem because the problem you have is you send them back injured, you've got their wages to look after. Sure. I don't know how much of it, but that's a big part of it now. And these are big wages. Oh, massive mm-hmm. now. It's not as if you're talking about two grand a week now. You know, you're talking about 200 grand a week sure. for some of these cases. And yeah. that is the problem you have. Sure. So you cannot take that uh, chance and say, oh, well, we'll just train them today or whatever. Sure. So there's a lot of things that make it difficult. Two grand a week is more than most people get. You Absolutely. Know, in, 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 100%. Yeah. But if you're talking about back then, you're talking about as soon as she's not. Of course. If they're talking about yeah. two grand a week to sure. them, but they've been the top paid player in England. You know, but nowadays you're talking about these guys who are a massive money, which the clubs don't mm. allow. And then it's, as I say, it's the, the country that's got to play the money I'm sure the wages if there is an injury I think there's, if there's any doubt that there's an injury they just say no, right no, bang sure. back to your club because yeah. it's too much much a, a risk mm. in terms of the salaries and it's a hell of a lot of money for the, the SFA but people don't realise how tough it is for international managers yeah. and coaches because yeah. they don't get a lot of time in them no. and very rarely do you have the full squad for two or three days in a row very rarely Regan who are we going to be talking about tomorrow who are you looking to to see to to play at the best today. I mean, they're all going to give everything, but who who are you looking to? I read a big performance for Craig Gordon. Paul. Mm-hmm. I think Craig Gordon's been a, a fantastic player for Scotland in the past, a fantastic player for uh, the Tyne Castle Club as well. But I think it's just important that we stay compact and we stay focused as well. I just want to ask Peter, he spoke about there 
that is difficult for international for international managers. See in terms of like Steve Clark, right, Paul? Because you see in terms of the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is Scotland uh, can meet. Uh, you're going to be talking about it on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, Peter spoke about it there, but you only get one day to talk to them. The worst case scenario, everybody's going to be talking about Steve Clark must must exact them all of Scotland mm-hmm. can beat. And that's the problem that, 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 that I've got, is that maybe as a Scotland fan base, we should be a bit more, uh, a bit more pers- no, I, I agree with you, Regan, because I think you've got to be protective of your manager and the respect to her, but you've got to understand that if the manager comes out and says he's got one day before, only got one day to train, everybody gives that an excuse. I'm only saying it because I'm on the outside now looking in, and I can say it because I know that is the problem that you have. You know, And supporters only want to see their team playing well and winning. I, I had we seen other problems that you could have, and I found it very, very strange. And that's why I liked it when you turned up on the Sunday. When when I was involved a couple of times with the national team, we turned up on the Sunday. You trained on the Sunday evening, you played the game on the Wednesday, and you were back at your club for the Thursday morning for training. But that was one game, and then you moved on. And the players, you couldn't get enough players wanting to come. But because you've got three games, sometimes you've got two games. It's still the same scenario. Stevie could end up bringing them on the Sunday, they train on the Thursday, they play on the Saturday again. So the game between the Thursday and the Saturday, you've done nothing. So you think about this game against the Republic Island, which could be massive. Mm-hmm. Steve will be lucky if 20 minutes we squad on the football pitch between, see, between that game. See the problem Steve Clark's got? He's been successful. Yeah. Now there's expectations now in this group where they're expected yeah, to win. Um, but it just shows you how well they've done over the, the, the course of... Stevie's been there but do you um, think people turned on him quite quickly I think they did yeah too quick yeah. for me yeah. Yeah. too quickly but <laughs> listen it's always a case yeah. it's always a case up here well look at the manager at Celtic on Saturday everybody's questioning why did they leave players yeah. out <laughs> because they'll lose one game after I don't know many months yeah. but that's the way it is and that, the national team up here everybody wants the national team to do well yeah. want to go to big competitions because we're the best supporters when we go to any competition and everybody wants you there so to do that but it's very very difficult circumstances now as I say there can be two or three games in that 10 day period which is never ever easy you know when you're trying to get preparation and it's different if it's your club side mm-hmm because you're maybe not changing the players as often and you've brought a group in, you know, he'll slip in here, he'll slip in there. But if you get two players or three players injured in the one position, all of a sudden, the guy's been away and holding the bag, you're dragging him in for the third yeah. game and he could be a big player for you. But even when we had double headers, we would play on the Saturday and some guys wouldn't even train yeah. and just yeah. play the game on the, the Tuesday because they had niggly injuries. Because yeah. the, the manager didn't want to risk losing that player. So they had no time. We never done shape. And probably that happened about a third of the games that I played in. It's very, very yeah. difficult being a national manager. There is no doubt of that. You can go and pick them all. We all know who the best team would be. If, and even fans will still argue about it. I mean, yeah. used to argue about Kieran Tierney when we were there and Andy sure. Robertson. Could they play together? Could they play together? And, yeah. I mean, you're saying, well, mm. why not play? The, if they're that good mm. and everybody talks about them and our best players, well, we've got to find a way to get both of them in the team. And Kieran's been magnificent at left oh, centre-back. You know, and he's magnificent at left-back. So you've got to find a way to try and bring them in. He's Scotland's most important player. Yeah. In my eyes, sure. I, I'm looking. Yeah. Listen, we've we've got real good players, no doubt about about it in my mind. But for me, Kieran Tierney, when he's not in that Scotland team, we're not the same. We're not the same. He's he's a he's a throwback, Kieran Tierney. Mm. Very good footballer, but do you know what? He's a he's a winner. He trains the same way, Barry. Yeah, you can see it on the pitch, but you can see he, he doesn't accept standards dropping. You can see he's on to people. He's a real leader. It's unthinkable that he'd be dropped to Arsenal, which he has been partly through injury. Yeah. 
Um, but once he's fit, Paul, he plays. Yeah, yeah he, he, he's, he's a future captain. If they yeah, can but keep I, him. I, I, yeah. I don't think they'll be able to keep him. No. I know he signed. No, uh, but a two long players you're talking about, but Jenko and Kieran Tierney, sure, two know. boys that could be playing against each phenomenal. other tonight. Yeah, phenomenal talents. Jenko, of course, yeah. he, he can go wherever. If he stays injury clear, and my Kieran Tierney could play whatever he wants. Man City. That was mentioned yeah, a couple of months ago. Whatever yeah. he wants in my. Mm-hmm. Yep. I always thought he was very good, but until you get down to England, you, you see him. Like, he gets a captain's handband when you watch. We all watch Premier League football. Yep. He's always one of the standouts for Arsenal. Bringing it back before we go and let you go to watch the match, Regan. Uh, you Celtic fan. Um, you lost at the weekend, but overall, what are you thinking about September and Champions League start? Losing to Real Madrid, no disgrace whatsoever, and then oh. the draw. Um, in Warsaw should have been more but how are you feeling about the campaign? I think Celtic are doing very well Paul I think it's uh, I think Sunday was just a uh, stumble on the road I think and obviously they've been done really well they've been, as Peter said earlier they've been Celtic have not lost a game in 12 months so it's quite difficult for them to to uh, appease the fan base because they've just lost one game but well, like you say, that's the modern world that we live in now. People just jump on it after one defeat in 12 months. And as part of you quite pleased in a way not to lose the points, but there's only two points in it, and it's more exciting when it's tight. No? I think it definitely... I, I think it definitely is, Paul. And it's uh, definitely... It's better for shows like go like uh, yep. this one because, <laughs> uh, because you can talk about it, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was a big one that uh, Rangers got the win on Saturday because it was 2-1, it was a close game as well. So that just makes it more interesting. I, I want to ask just one more point, Bob, before I go. See, the, the Celtic played a, a, a black and white strip on Sunday and so did St. Mary. I thought that was a little bit strange. Regan, I'm glad you said, yeah. said it. I threw it in twice last night. I was watching it. I said that when they were coming out. When, yeah. when you seen both teams lining yeah. up, I was thinking, that's a bit close. Absolutely. Both strips. I thought they were going to do the Sir Alex Ferguson one. No, yeah. they started right. Yeah. Remember he'd done it at Southampton, yeah. told them to take the strips yeah. off because of the supporters. Mm. Um, Maybe I'm sure. Listen, I always prefer Celtic in the hoops anyway. You always <laughs> prefer the green and white hoops. I always bl- I'm going to blame something, so we'll blame the strip. <laughs> it's a moneymaker. <laughs> I know. But fans will go and buy it but in terms of the game watching it yeah. they were very very similar absolutely. in terms of the colours yeah. it's also Celtic shouldn't be playing in grey should they no absolutely not I mean no. honestly it was it's one of those I asked you the other week was there ever a strip that you really didn't I, I like honestly yeah. it's a training I, outfit yeah I disliked away strips and whatever mm-hmm. I, I just liked playing in the, the home strip absolutely and did it make you feel slightly different no I, I just didn't like it I just didn't mm. get that feeling No, that I'd never get the feeling when I walked out you still you've got a ranger strip on but you walk out with blue granted you just mentioned you mm. walk out with the hoops yeah. that's night and day absolutely no, there is absolutely no doubt rangers are going out in blue Celtic going out in green and white that's what the supporters want that's what the players want that's what you represent and now that I know it's about selling strips and I understand that but listen no way. You should only change your strip if it's a clash with the opposition. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Peter, if there's a point in it at the end of the season or something, I'm going to play See this back neutral. about the, <laughs> it's the grey strip. Yeah. But as a Rangers <laughs> fan, yeah. I would rather be 10 points in front. Yeah. And I'm sure Regan, as a Celtic fan, would rather be 10 points in front. But it's great for the football up here that there's only two points. But listen, 
we're not even out of September yet <laughs> and we're talking about leagues. No. <laughs> Regan, you've got us talking as always. Thank you. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Loads of messages coming in on the socials. Good show, enjoying it. That's Mark and Nathan listening. And they are heading, I think, maybe for the match this afternoon. Either that, they're getting ready for one of the big games a week on Saturday next weekend. It'll be Celtic Motherwell and Rangers playing at Tyne Castle. Um, that's the Scotland team in. Yep, it's just come in. You see it there, Barry. It's Craig Gordon. I'll just give you the numbers. Craig Gordon, Nathan Patterson, Scott McTominay, Kieran Tierney, John McGinn, number seven, the captain, Callum McGregor, Shea Adams, he'll be up front, of course. Ryan Christie is in. Jack Henry is in. Scott McKenna and Stuart Armstrong. So we'll give you that formation in a moment or two. You were right about Jack Henry, Peter Grant, so we're just getting that formation, OK? The subs, Liam Kelly, the goalkeeper, and Robbie McCrory. Greg Taylor is on the bench. Ryan Porteous, Lyndon Dykes, Billy Gilmer on the bench, Barry. Uh, Anthony Ralston, Ryan Fraser, Ryan Jack, Aaron Hickey, Kenny McLean. So you're just putting the, the how we will line up tonight. So I think oh, that yeah. might be a back four. Right, okay. Yeah, I, I think Patterson. that is going to be a back yeah. four. Patterson and um, Kieran Tierney. Mm-hmm. I think your two centre-backs, McKenna and Henry. Yep, McKenna and Henry. And yep. You've got mm-hmm. McGinn, Callum McGregor. Um, and uh, Ryan Christie. Stuart Armstrong, Shea Adams. No, I think I, I think he'll no. go. I think okay. he'll go with Scott McTominay at the back. Okay. With Jack Henry mm-hmm. and uh, what do you call him? Patterson the right. Patterson the right. Yep. Tierney on the left, and they'll put um, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Ryan Christie's at your midfield with Stuart Armstrong both on that midfield, and leaving one up, which which would be either Stuart Armstrong supporting mm-hmm. him or. Ryan Christie supporting them. Mm-hmm. But I think it'll go to the back three, McTominay slipping to the back with Jack mm-hmm. Henry and Scott McKenna. And what do you make of that lineup, Peter? Well, it's probably it's one, not, it's one out for what I say. It is. The only one that you didn't... Well, I'd say yeah. Taylor. Yeah, Taylor would play. Yep, and sure. McTominay would go in the middle of right. the field. So okay. he's, he's left uh, Taylor out. He's moved Tierney into the forward, the, the wing-back area, going with me anyway on this, and McTominay back. He's moved McTominay back and he's brought in... Um, Ryan Christie. Ryan Christie is in. We'd hardly mentioned him. Of course, he's at Bournemouth. Barry, what do you make of the lineup? Still looking at it. Do you agree then? Yeah. Mm. What do you think? It's still, listen, it's good. I'm, I'm surprised that Ryan Christie, um, Ryan Christie won. Um, I think he's the one that's going to play off Shea Adams and Armstrong will go into where I thought Ryan Jack would, would be right. and that would be the, the midfield um, three. And how will he cope, do you think, with that role, Stuart Armstrong? Yeah, listen, I, I think Stuart Armstrong's a very good player. I mean, I mean you don't go down there. He, he's one of the he's, he's a regular in that Southampton team. Can I roll when you watch, a player, yeah, when yeah. you watch Southampton, he's he's one of the top performers. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah, so there's there's one or two surprises, but in general, it's still a a team that's got a fair bit of experience in in big games. Um, yep. Yeah, so that's what I think he'll go with. Um, Ryan Christie behind Shea Adams Armstrong will go into a midfield three with McGregor and McGinn Tierney left side Patterson right side and McTominay Henry and McKenna as the back three with Craig Gordon and goals Peter as you look at it we've not had a, a great out and out striker would that be fair and, but Shea Adams has done well for us Lyndon Dykes as well he's been a talisman for us but 
he's not played as much recently, has he? Yeah, no, I also understand. I've said many times, you can't give up the middle of the pitch against quality sides. You know, and you need that extra midfielder. You'd as well going into the game that way and be able to bring a striker on instead of taking one off, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, sure. And I think you can you can do that with the group they have. Because you would say Christie can be a goal threat. Armstrong can be a goal threat. So they maybe find themselves going and saying, well, we're going to drop McGinn uh, back along the right side, Callum McGregor. They may do that mm -hmm. and play two sort of number 10s if you understand what I'm saying because Christie yep. and that are both capable of doing that and have played that role before him and Stuart Armstrong so it allows you still have your wing backs and two in behind your striker which allows them to get support because they've got good energy and they do that for their clubs as both Ryan Christie and Stuart Armstrong and allow John to sit with Callum um, and let your full backs go, your wing backs get forward and you still get your back three Celtic played really well against Shakhtar last week Peter Seems a while ago in some ways, doesn't it? Scotland can do it tonight against uh, the Ukraine, the full, uh, the full national team. Well, you look at that yeah. now, you look yeah. at that group of players and you think to yourself, OK, mm -hmm. we're, they're all playing, which is important. I think that's important. Ryan's been in and out a little bit, um, but they're all playing games at the highest level, playing in the Premier League, most of them. You know, And I think that that's very important. Which Barry will tell you better than me. A lot of Scottish boys used to get selected, maybe were on the bench at clubs and whatever. But now most of them are playing and I think that's the most important thing. These guys have got games in their leg because you will need it because there's a period of game you've got to suffer You know, against teams that are good with the ball. You have to suffer and then when you get it, you've got to make it work in Barry, right? You've got to be in control of the game as well. And I think we've got players like McGregor and that who can control the game. I think that's important. But you've got to have that energy to get support, especially if you're playing with one striker. Yeah, There's a few ways you can play... Maybe go back to his back three, but I'm looking at could it be a a four five one Patterson, Henry McKenna, Tierney, McTominay, McGregor, McGinn, Christie, just off the right, Armstrong left, mm -hmm. and Shea Adams. Because if you think back, what I says at the start of the show, Ukraine dominated the middle of the the pitch, so he might want a bit of physicality in there with, with McTominay. So there, there is a few a few. Um, we played them against Mexico. Can play, Jack right? and Scott when we played against Mexico. Uh -huh and big Jimenez and that were playing and Chicharito and that were playing and they two played very very well <laughs> together and that was the first time they'd played together they've played in a pair of yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Henry and McKenna, McKenna. and it, both yeah. of them have played together as a, a centre back mm -hmm. pairing you know and they've done well together mm -hmm. I thought they, were, they played against uh, Portugal I think as well and both of them I thought done quite well even though we ended up losing the game 4-0 I think but it was 1-0 at the time but none of the two of them let themselves down so Barry's right they're capable right. of a back four with that group Yep, there's good flexibility that you can swap um, formations. So there, if one formation is no going yeah, well absolutely. during the game, you can you can flip it into that. So um, that's the, the beauty of having players that can play in in different positions. Scott McKenna, of course, having a tough start to the season. At Nottingham Forest, yeah, but Barry. he was outstanding yeah. for Nottingham Forest last season in the championship. Got to say, seen them four or five times, and he was he was excellent, mm -hmm. excellent. And one thing you would say about Scott McKenna. Good defender, likes mm -hmm. the, the physical side of it on the ball. You maybe say you maybe lacked it, but I was impressed with him on mm -hmm. the ball last season for Nottingham Forest. I think that was his biggest problem, Barry. He was good on the ball and he is good on the ball. I think he he, he used to say oh, he was told to play off the front and whatever, so he never usually tend that. But he has got quality on the ball. Mm -hmm. I was surprised at the time he went down south. They were talking maybe at Celtic at one stage. I'm surprised Celtic or Rangers at that particular time didn't go for them because both of them were looking for centre-halves desperately and more so left-sided centre-backs are so, so difficult to get, you know, and somebody had played the game up here, and I think if either or would have got them, I think they'd ended up getting more money for them, we're talking about buying young, and sometimes yep. we get caught up, oh, he's playing at Aberdeen, or he's playing at Hibs, or he's playing at such and such, it's happened so many times, look at the Scott Browns and that, Kevin Thompson's how well they've done in their careers, you know, but the biggest thing is for them, 
I thought Scott McKenna at that particular time would have been an asset to either of Celtic or Rangers at that particular time. So the game kicks off an hour and 13 minutes. You've both got your coach's hat on there because it came in just as we came out the break. It's great watching you, looking at it, see you smiling or thinking, well, how are they yeah, going I'm to play? I'm just looking forward to quarter eight to see what actual formation <laughs> he's going to play. You're right up for it now, aren't you? You're ready for yeah, it? Listen, yeah, to, listen, it's a big game at yeah. Hamden. As you mentioned at the start of the show, sellout, sell you're playing against mm-hmm. Ukraine who are a, a top team in, in my yeah. eyes. And um, they gave us a doing, let's be honest. They and and June, they're on over the top is so um I'm sure we want to make sure we, we put that um, bad performance in June right tonight. And and you know what? We've got every chance. Here's the manager speaking about the opposition, Ukraine. Ukraine have their reasons for, for wanting to do well, but we have our reasons for wanting to do well as well. And we have to make sure that like I said before, we, we did we didn't perform to our level in the summer. And what we want to do this time is perform to our level and then we'll see what the outcome is. Momentum was a big part of what we have had under Stevie Clark and that's what he wants. We just try to keep doing what we're doing and, and keep trying to improve on on the system. Like I said, I, I just felt in the summer we stalled a little bit and we want to we, we want to start that forward momentum again and, and hopefully that starts on Wednesday. And tonight? I don't think it'll have the same edge. That that game in, in June was was pretty unique. The circumstances leading into it and whatever. So maybe slightly different, but still a big game for, for two teams that want to top the section. Uh I think the, the Scottish public, the Scottish fans now all know that Ukraine are a very good team. I'm sure they'll play to the same level, but what I'm looking for from our team is that, that we get back to the level that we can be and then we'll see what we'll see what the result is. Peter, what a night for them. Again, family, they'll be there in big numbers, won't they? His brothers, his mum and dad. And they'll be tuned in. They listen to the show here on the way. Their son, captain of Scotland. Fantastic. Brilliant and thoroughly deserved, you know. Um, he's earned that with his performances throughout the last few years. But I disagree with Steve a little bit there because I think when you turn up with a national team, it's the highest accolade you can get, no matter who you're, what country you're playing for. Because you've got to be playing well at your football club nine times out of ten to get selected. And as you ask any young player, why do you want to play well with your, your, your club side? It's to get selected for your national team. The, 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 the fans go with great support all over the world. They're lauded all over the world. And it's the exact same as the players. That is the highest accolade you can get is pulling on your national jersey. Yeah, it used to crack me up when people say that you never really wanted to play with your national team. There's nothing better <laughs> yep. than playing with your national team and, and cutting it off with being captain. Mm. Um, I, I used to love it. And unfortunately, you missed a few things through injury or there was a friendly game. So you would speak to the manager and he'd say, look, I'm just going to give an opportunity for somebody else to get a bit of international experience, which you weren't too happy about, mm. but you understood that's the manager, he, he's making a decision. But to play with your your country you, you, you can't beat it honestly it's the best feeling in terms of John McGinn I felt for him I think he's come under unfair criticism this season down at Astonville obviously getting the captain say has mm. he hit the dizzy heights as he did last season no he's not but listen he's a top player mm. I mean even away a good player for me he's turned into a top midfielder he um, he has uh, he's got everything he's became a better football mm. player in my eyes as well you knew he could get about he was he's tough he gets in people's faces, he's got an eye for a goal, but I think he's become a, a better footballer since he's been down south. The club, obviously, Aston Villa have been under uh, criticism, pressure. Stephen Gerrard, of course, big name managers there. Um, do you think, obviously, the change with the captain that has affected... Paul, Paul I was at Villa, and yeah. I know I went with Alec for Birmingham, yeah. which is like going for Celtic Rangers, yeah. so I understand that. But they can be a bit delusional after five minutes. We were, I think, near top of the league. And we were still getting booed, and I knew the reason why because obviously it came from Birmingham at that particular yeah. time. So I understood that. 
but they still live in the Gary Shaw times and Peter Withers and all that mm. European Des Bremners, all the Marlon Oh, yeah. magnificent. And they're very much like that, you know. They're very much at, at, as if they're due something. John's been excellent since there. He's, he's, he's the king of the castle for them. But as you say, they turn very quickly in the respect of what the expectation is. They've spent a hell of a lot of money. I think they're the second or the third most, maybe in Europe, one of them, uh, the amount of money they've spent. So that's probably why the questions are getting asked. You know, and the performances have not been as good. But when you don't score goals, it's very, very difficult. Everybody gets blamed. And they're looking for a scapegoat. So they blamed the fact that John became captain. Yeah. That, that was maybe one of the reasons. Then there was a midfield, the boy Louise supposed to go away. Mm. Then they brought him back. And that causes unrest because it seems as if there's a bit of uncertainty at the club. And I think that then goes to the fans. You know, and then the fans start thinking there's a problem everywhere. Listen, if he leaves Arsenal Villa, then they'll know they've regretted it because he's a, in my eyes he's, he's improved so much I mean you think about it three, three and a half million pound Celtic were obviously yeah. trying to mm-hmm. get him and they wouldn't go above three million pound he goes down to the championship does brilliant gets promoted and I think since he's been in the Premier League he's come on leaps and bounds and he's a massive part of the Scotland team but I'm going to say something on that because I always think this Barry will tell you, Barry was very good at receiving the ball, wanting the ball all the time. John wasn't that type, you know. So John John prefers the game in front of him. Chasing you know, him. and yep. the game in front of him, going and closing and getting shots away and being powerful and running that. So he wasn't, a, I wouldn't have said he was a great receiver. So mm-hmm. I can see why Brendan, at that particular time, I'm thinking he probably wasn't a Brendan Rodgers type player. Yeah. You know, people blame Celtic, whatever. It probably wasn't a Brendan, t- he wasn't a playmaker. He's not that type. He's not a Barry Ferguson type in the respect. He's improved so, in that I, sense. I, so absolutely. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So there's a difference. John's got some unbelievable strengths, you know, but that wasn't one of his strengths, was his, his ball receiving skills. And that's the type Brendan wanted in there, like a Callum McGregor. He's, he's completely different for Callum. And he offers you something completely different than Callum does. It's interesting because the narrative was always that's the end of the love affair for Brendan Rodgers at the time because he wanted him, didn't get him. So, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. I see on Sky there, uh, Ange Postacoglu being interviewed. That looks to me like Sydney. He is. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, I thought you there. were going to say Charlie Adam. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> booted right, a second right. or two. But I see that must have been where the interview was with Ange yeah, Postacoglu. He's over in Sydney. Yeah, indeed, yeah. getting ready for the tournament later in the year, and obviously going home as well. Yeah, we recognise it there, um, the Opera House and the Sydney Bridge and things. But the, I, I thought it was a Clyde. The picture, yeah, yeah, the, the squinty bridge, um, and obviously you saw pictures of Brendan Rodgers. So it's the it's the irony of the speculation about whether or not Brendan Rodgers will leave I, Leicester. I, I was reading but, that eighteen million pound payoff. Yeah, is that what it is? They have to sack him. Yeah. And yet, Barry, he's got a run of games coming up now, which is easier than Did the run they've just had. For you, I, yeah. look, he's a top manager. Yeah. I, I just watching him it doesn't look happy. There's something. Well, Barry, you've right. been there, mm-hmm. even. If you're not winning games of football, you're never happy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're sure. not playing well. Brendan's not became a bad coach or bad manager overnight. Yeah. Let's not be kidded with that. The biggest problem that they're all talking about as well, it takes them out this fair play, financial fair yeah. play, if they have to they sack them, because that counts as spending money. Oh, right. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what it counts yeah. as, and that's, yeah. they're saying that's part of the reason. I'm hoping it's one of these situations. You know when someone, you can't sack them or whatever, and it, all of a sudden he goes on a run of games. That's what you're hoping for, because... There is no doubt about his qualities as a coach, as a manager. He's proven that many times. You know, he's got that quality. Maybe sometimes people get fed up, mm. you know, but the players maybe get fed up with the same coach. I look at the Leicester squad. That's, I think there's a lot of quality on absolutely, that squad. Absolutely, absolutely. But I thought it should have been changed earlier, mm-hmm. you know, during the piece over the last few years because people always say that when you're doing well, 
change it, freshen it up, even though you've got good players. And I don't think they've maybe done that as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's down to the financial fair play. I don't know. Maybe that's why Brendan... But I think that when you're listening to Brendan, he talks about as if he didn't know to come back in the summer. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing I found mm -hmm. strange, how everything had changed in that sort of period and his interview that he'd done. But there's no doubt he's a top-quality manager. Top-quality player is hanging up his boots. We're going to talk about him. Charlie Adam next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! So we've got the Scotland lineup. We're going to give you Ukraine in a second or two. Barry Ferguson is just uh, clearing his throat, preparing to give us the team. Listen, I'll leave that one to you, Paul. Thank you. Uh, top class professional. We'll try and find one in the next five, <laughs> ten minutes. Peter Grant's with us as well. And Peter, you're pretty sure you know how Scotland are going to line up tonight. Oh, I've got a rough idea, Paul. Yeah. I think of McTominay and I look at it and I think I can't see any other way with Patterson at the wing back. And you've got Kieran Tierney as the opposite mm. wing back. Then I'd be looking at, and you look further along, you look Jack Henry and McKenna, along with McTominay. Then how the midfield balance is going to be, I think he may be play with John and Callum McGregor, John McGinn. And just in front of that, Armstrong and Christie, with uh, Shea Adam on his, on his own, with the two guys behind, uh, supporting him quickly. Three points would take us top of the table tonight, fingers crossed for that. Barry, Ukraine start tonight on seven points from three games. Scotland on six, Ireland on four. We play them on Saturday. Armenia on three. Looking at the lineup again, do you agree with Peter? Or I know there's another option that yeah, you could the, throw the, in. There is yeah. a bit of flexibility, um, but you know Stevie likes his three centre halves. Um, yep. He's three at the mm -hmm. back and he's two wing backs. So I, I do fully expect um, Scotland to start like that. But the reason why I think there may be a change to the formation is because of how much domination Ukraine had mm. in June. Um, where he might just go to the four at the back and, and he might stiffen up the middle middle of the pitch um, but listen it'll be interesting to see but the good thing is there is a bit of flexibility within that, that starting 11 Ukraine will line up in goals Trubin who of course uh, played against Celtic just last week uh, Karavev Bondar Matvienko Mikhailichenko Stepenko Yarmolenko that we talked about earlier Pikalorkov Malinovsky <laughs> Mudrich that we know of course and Dovdik so I think it's only one that I didn't get away with what's your substitution oh, yeah, <laughs> Lunin Riznik Christoph and many many others uh, you said that better that's the Scottish team uh, not at all I wish I did that was, um, that was well where's done. Rob when you need him exactly thank you not too bad yep. very um, good so Mudrich yeah, Mudrik, top Mudrik, player yeah. very quick um, I thought he'd, Celtic handled him very well last mm. week but then you see in the moment when he gets away for Iranovic, not many people run away from him. So we have to yeah. be careful. And that young Patterson's done that very well when I've watched the, the Premier League down the road. He's kept up with quick lads. And I think that's one of the reasons that Steve's put him in there. Mudrich. Yeah, really impressed me. Um, yeah. But I mean, you look at some of the names that they're playing at big clubs. Yeah. Paul, you're coming up against a quality opposition. Um, and it will be a tough night. Scotland need to bring their A game tonight. And if they do they'll have a chance of getting the three points which they need to top the group. With somebody who played with distinction for Scotland over the years and obviously for Rangers, Dundee, then down south, Liverpool, Stoke City. Blackpool. Blackpool for Got a long promoted time. promoted to the Premier League. Yeah. You were there? No. No, was no. it just after you? Yeah. yeah. It's Charlie Adam. What would you say about him? He's finally at 103, hanging up his boots. Yeah, no. I'll be honest with you, I won the left peg. 
I've got to say that I remember him as a young boy coming through and his first training session he tried to chip the goalkeeper for the halfway line and it just summed <laughs> him up that, that's what he yeah. was like um, but the teams that you mentioned there Paul he, he's had a, a brilliant career mm. um, and one thing I will say quality on the ball one of the fittest players every time in pre-season a lot of people would look and think oh Charlie's maybe overweight he, he wasn't like he just heavy set mm. But in pre-season, always in the top group, um, fit as a fiddle and, and what a career um, he's had. And I read his, his statement, now he's going to go into coaching, mm. the crazy world of, of coaching. So um, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. But I played with Charlie, as I said, mm. and you don't go and play with, I know he, went, he left Rangers, went down to Blackpool in the Championship, but you don't go on to play with Liverpool's for a number of years and then Stoke mm. for I think yeah. seven or eight years in, in the, the top flight in the top yeah. flight if you're not a top footballer so no Charlie had a, a brilliant career and they came up to his boyhood team yeah. in Dundee back, got to them Finchley, back to Dundee yep got them promoted into yep. the, the Premier League um, so yep good boy as well Charlie and as I said a wonder left peg and a brilliant career he had he's only 36 years old Peter what are your memories then of uh, of his play you just didn't want to when you are playing against him you just didn't want to give set plays away that was the biggest thing you said in the, yeah. the team talk don't give set plays for anywhere on the pitch you know and you knew he was capable he had that brightness about him as Barry said he trained with him but you knew he'd be looking up you'd always tell the goalkeeper be aware he will shoot for the halfway line you know stay on your feet in the final third make sure you don't give any silly set plays away because nine times out of ten he would put the ball where he wanted to you know, with a set play. Um, and it cost us, I remember we were winning the game 3-1 and I said, don't give a set play away, we gave two away and Charlie set two goals up straight for the, and we drew 3-3 three, three in the game. And that was the type of quality he had even late in his career, even though we talk about him at Liverpool's and Stokes and whatever. And as you say, don't last as long as that if you can't play, that's for sure. He's some player. Just before we go back to the international, before we go tonight, looking, we've talked Celtic, we've talked Rangers, Hearts, um, a great win for them at the weekend, Barry. But Motherwell played really, really well. I spoke to a couple of Motherwell mm. fans. Joseph, for example, was on uh, in Cleland and he was there and he said, no, actually, we played really, really well. Yeah, Hearts were just ruthless. Yeah. They were. Motherwell had a, a few chances. I mean, if you, I think it was the second goal. They hit the post twice mm -hmm. and Hearts yeah. go straight up the pitch and, and get that important um, second goal. But I, I, fan, I fancied Motherwell to win that game. But credit to, to Hearts, midweek game in Europe, Thursday night in Latvia. Um, the travelling we've spoke about it and um, the team went out there and that's a brilliant result to get after a European game on Thursday night to get a 3-0 win at Fir Park Peter you always say it takes a bit of doing doesn't it coming mm. back after a European absolutely and it's the game you want to win mm. you know when you've come back after and especially when they've won so well and that gives them a boost that makes it a hell of a lot easier when you've won the match you're coming back the boys are cock a hoop obviously with a fantastic result and then they're going into a game but as you say I read these things as well about Motherwell how well they've played and great credit to Stevie Hamill he knows the players he knows what he's trying to do with his team and great credit to him as you say getting a young man getting an opportunity well, what about the pitch? yeah it's like a bowling green isn't it? yeah remember I said I went yeah, to the see the last couple of years game. first part's yep. been in unbelievable mm. condition well done to the board you know, absolutely yeah, they, yeah. Leveled so it, they leveled yeah. it out as yeah. well because you don't realise they had slope on it absolutely. when you walk out that tunnel <laughs> the slope was sure. um, mm -hmm. I, I remember there was no grass on it for yeah, a long time so uh, it, was, it was very important mm -hmm. 
Motherwell for top, top six. This is it's not a midterm report. We've only had seven games, but because we've got the internationals coming up, Motherwell should be pleased to change managers on the eve of the new season. Mm-hmm. Peter, do you think Stevie Hamill will continue to play this kind of football and get enough wins to get top six? I think it's important. He'll know what to do because a big thing I said to you, Paul, nine times out of ten, it's not a manager from within that comes in. Mm-hmm. Stevie knows the players. He knew what was going on at the club. He's been at the club a long time. He knows the expectation of the supporters. That always gives him a wee bit of chance because the supporters want one of their own to do well. They like him. Absolutely, and he's done well. And he, he, listen, he's been learning the business away from it, you know, in the respect of that, you know, doing the, the academy and whatever. So he knows how to set up a football team and put things in place. He's seen things, obviously, watching games on a Saturday, and it's made our, our life slightly easier in the respect of it's okay. Once you're on the track side, it's completely different, but it lets him know what players are capable of and what guys he knows he can get and play because he's watched them often enough. And that's gave him a start, but he's continued that and he's done fantastically well. They're 10 days away from facing the champion Celtics, so that's some way to come back for them. Rangers will be at Tynecastle. That's going to be some weekend, but we've got loads yeah. of international football it's before that. Barry. To play I know. That's your fa- favourite, yeah, maybe? Fa- yeah, favourite outside, outside I, I love, yeah, yeah, they could, they could touch you. Yeah. Um, get some abuse at Tynecastle. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching on the social media uh, you with Crofty and Grado. It was just when we started the programme a couple of years ago, and they said, Who's your favourite player? I think we were all asked, and you said, You know, Kenny Dalglish is one of the greatest. But you said Graham Souness. Yeah, I, I used to listen, Kenny Dalglish, what, what yeah, a player. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I was talking for a Rangers side and, and I remember watching Graham Souness just as when you start to get really into football and then he came to Rangers, obviously. He was coming to the end of his career. But see, if you look back, he was a top, top footballer, Graham Souness. Oh, you can't say anything other than that, you know, with Dalglish and that because people always question him. We're talking about Scotland. Mm-hmm. Souness and Dalglish used to come in for a hell of a lot of stick. Yeah. Celtics and yeah. um, Scotland supporters because they didn't realise... They didn't think they played as well as they did when they played with Liverpool and it was the same with Alan Hansen. And these guys were winning European Cup after European Cup. We think they went two or three years at Anfield without losing a game when both of them played at that particular time. So top quality players, you know, there's absolutely no doubt. No. Gear change will go from Liverpool to Livy. But I'll tell you what, David Martindale, he's doing it again. Fifth position, a joint fourth really with uh, St Mirren. 12 points. Livy. Yeah, l- listen, it shouldn't surprise you. Um, just every single year you you listen to him doing the interview he wants finish 10th that's that's what they want and then above that's a, a, a bonus but as I said I was at the Rangers game the first game of the season at, at Livy and I was really impressed with their, their set up um, I know Rangers beat them 2-1 that day but for 60-65 minutes Livy were were strong defensively solid and um, the big boy up front oh, yeah. on Nubly. his day Nubly yep. On his day, um, he will cause defences um, real, real problems. He enjoyed the hospitality. Was it good up in those hostility boxes? Yeah, it was good to, yeah, it was good to, <laughs> it's good to go and, it's great. and yeah. be in amongst yeah. um, different people. Yeah, But uh, as I said, Paul, I'm not surprised that they're getting mm-hmm. um, good results. Peter Hibbs are in sixth spot, 11 points. You know, they grind out some... People don't seem to be sure how they're going to do this season. Aidan McGeady getting back towards fitness. Martin Boyle's back in there. What do you think about Hibbs? Boyle was a big signing for them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the manager speaks quite a bit all the same. A bit too much. <laughs> oh, absolutely, you know. I mean, I think he's got a bit much to say. And you've got to be careful of that up here because you know what people are like. Yeah. He's got a habit of hitting you in the backside. 
you know, you've got to continue to play well. You know, you can't tell everybody what you're wanting to do and going to do and whatever because then people are waiting for you and it makes it more difficult for your football club, especially Scotland's that <laughs> type sure. of place. <laughs> the likes, nobody likes seeing you fall on your face no. there, that's for sure. You kept that one clean. Uh, Aberdeen <laughs> on 10 points. Um, Jim Goodwin, I think I agreed with him. Liam Scales, I thought, was unlucky to be sent off. He was sort of... Yeah, I mean the, the the first one, the tackle in the middle of the pitch, you can say yeah, yeah booking out a bit late, yeah. but I, I didn't think it was real over the top. I thought it was harsh, mm. the penalty and the, the second yellow card. We had it in our guard last night, you know, and we uh, thought it was it was a mistake. Yeah. What about Aberdeen? Are they going to be top six when they need to be? Don't they? Yeah, I mean it's hard for them when they went down. They, they were in the lead at that yeah. stage, and obviously go down to ten men. It, it's difficult. I, I think Aberdeen still will finish in the top six. Hibs, I'm still. I'm unsure about Hibs. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't make my my mind up. Granted, mentioned them, Martin Boyle. He, he's going to be a big player, obviously, because he, he's done it in the past. But I just, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I think of Hibs. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was the gar we did last night. They, they loved it. Big John Hartson last night. You know, rather than VAR, you normally do it on a Monday. Yep. We'll do it next yep. Monday. Uh, we'll do. It's not a sending off. Gar. No, it's not. I okay. can see why Jim is going mental. And the rest of the league, St. Johnson on seven, Ross County on five, Killy on four. We'll talk about that in the coming days and Dundee United on two. Only a couple of minutes left, Peter, for tonight. I know you said earlier on who you're looking to. Just when you look at the... Obviously, we talked about the captain. There's so many players there. Just looking. Callum McGregor, big night for him tonight. Callum's been magnificent, whether it's been with Scotland or Celtic. But somebody I'd like to have a right good game tonight and get a few goals would be Shea Adams. I'd like yeah. him because I think his work ethic's fantastic. I think he does really well. Uh, for the team he puts back four under uh, pressure and it's not easy playing that role yourself you know it's definitely not easy and hopefully they, the boys behind them can get that support up to him quickly and I think they've got enough quality there but as I say I went for 1-1 one, one, but I hope I'm 100% wrong Barry will the music be on just now 45 minutes to go till kick off in the dressing room yeah they'll just be yeah. getting ready to go out they'll, they'll go out at 7 o'clock or 5 past 7 40 minutes before, uh, before for their, their, their warm up listen I'll take any sort of one but I think it'll be a scrappy 1-0 for Scotland you reckon 1-0 Scotland, hey, that would do us. Absolutely. And then take us towards the match on Saturday. And it's brilliant because, Peter, it was tougher with you and Alec McLeish. We weren't getting... I mean, things were beginning to turn. Some of the players you brought in, but now the nation, having got to uh, finals at last, last summer, uh, we want to do it again. Let's hope they do. Peter, will you join us again next week? If I'm invited back. You're invited. <laughs> I'm sure exec producer James is on it already. And Barry, let's hope that when we're together again on Friday, we're talking about a Scotland victory and then yep. getting ready for Ireland. Hope so. Hope so. Thanks so much. And it was great tonight to talk about uh, Charlie Adam and so many other players as well. Alex Lowry coming through and Ange Postacoglu being interviewed there by uh, that the magnificent squinty the Squinty Bridge <laughs> known as the Sydney Bridge. Uh, thanks so much. Back tomorrow night, uh, Leanne Creighton is here uh, tomorrow evening at five. We'll be here five till seven. And also... Andy Walker. Well done. Barry's on <laughs> it. That's it. I'll tell you who's coming up next after the news. It's Jokal Day. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Service your existing car with us right now. <laughs> and it's worth £500 off your next car. 
Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December.